Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. can't see the thing okay what's up y'all welcome to hand me my purse the podcast i am mimi walker and i will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast so go ahead and get comfortable get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage whether that's alkaline water red kool-aid a hot cup of tea with honey a glass of cabernet sauvignon or hennessy and light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out and have a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It is none other than Mimi, resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. And today, I'm sipping on some just regular-ass filtered water. That's it. The end. Nothing fancy. I've been trying to get in at least a gallon of water for a a day. Excuse me, a gallon of water a day for at least three to four days a week. So that's what I have going on. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time doing no explanations about the water. I'm trying to drink some water, trying to flush out some toxins. I'm trying to lose some weight. Still waiting on that to happen. But, you know, I'm hopeful. I believe in God and I believe that. I believe in me. I believe that I'm going to do the work that is necessary. Anyway, moving on. 
I want to go ahead and just let y'all know on the front end that this episode is jam-packed and it is jam-packed just in general, but also jam-packed with adult content. My guest today is my therapist and we have such a beautifully raw conversation about some really, really hot topics. So if you can handle some profanity, some grown-up talk and the word pussy, I suggest you leave now. You've been warned. I love you. That's why I'm telling you on the front end. I don't want you guys clutching your pearls the whole episode. So I'm telling you. However, if you want to hear a conversation between a girl and her therapist that she loves, that is thought provoking and it will quite possibly shift how you process some of your own ways of navigating through life. Press pause, go grab a drink and sit yourself down. Or if you're in your car, buckle up, buttercup, because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like the episode is not like out of control, but I just want you to know on the front end that there's going to be a little bit of cursing. OK, so let's just go ahead and get into this jam so we can move on to this uh, conversation. So, friends and kin, the jam for uh, today's episode is by one of uh, my favorite alternative rock artist. Her name is Alanis Morissette. If you are of Generation X and particularly if you are between the ages of, I would say, 40 to 50, you know Alanis Morissette. In the 90s, she was a hot commodity in these uh, music streets. And if you have an eclectic taste in music, then you will know who she is. If you are not really open-minded when it comes to music, then you won't know who she is. But allow me to introduce you to a different genre of music, if you will. This song uh, is from her inaugural, which is my new favorite word. This song is from her very first album, and it is called Jagged Little Pill. And Jagged Little Pill is like a staple. OK, it's the it's one of those albums for me that I can listen to from the very start until the very end. I listen to the hidden songs. I listen to the extra songs, the bonuses, the acoustics, all of that. And um, this song is called You Learn. And I chose this song because my conversation with my therapist is very much so about learning living and learning and like growth and not just my own personal growth, but just growth in general, just, 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 just growth. Okay. And so one of my favorite uh, lyrics of this song is the chorus and the chorus says, you live, you learn, you love, you learn, you cry, you learn, you lose, you learn, you bleed, you learn, you scream, you learn. And then at the end, the additional chorus says, You grieve, you learn, you choke, you learn, you laugh, you learn, you choose, you learn, you pray, you learn, you ask, you learn, you live, you learn. And essentially, friends and kin, that's what life is about. It's about living, learning, experiencing life, walking through life, failing, not always getting it right, epic wins, big time losses, And just learning from them, because if you're not learning from all of these experiences, like, what are you really doing? You know, my cousin Randall, who I love dearly, he's like my brother. We're really close. But my cousin Randall said to me, he's like really an old man. He has these great one liners or these great like quotes all the time. He used to always say anything not growing is dead. 
if you're not growing, like, what are you really doing? Like in real life, like what's really, what's really hood. So I uh, want you to listen to this. Now I will say, I always have a story about finding these covers. Okay. I always try to make sure that my cover is first, like I said, a black person. And then if I can't find a black person, I'll find another person of color. I found some black people singing this song. Okay. The way they destroyed this classic, this woman's song, Alanis Morissette is from Canada. The way they desecrated this beautiful Canadian uh, Queens song, it's it's beyond me. And one of them I was going to pick, this brother who was singing it, acoustic, it was great. Um, but I said, it's so bad, maybe I could just play it and it could be like funny. And then I said, I'm not doing this as black man. No, I'm not. I'm not here for that. But I found um, a young lady who I believe that she is of Asian descent. I'm not going to speculate on where she's from in Asia because... I'm not, but I assume that she is of Asian descent. Her name is Abigail Lebios. And you know, I be saying names wrong, but I believe it's Abigail Lebios. She does an amazing job. Her voice is beautiful. She plays the guitar really well, you know, and I just wanted to hit y'all with something, something good. I don't want y'all listening to no bad singing, you know, so I wanted y'all to hear somebody singing the song well, especially since, you know, it's an alternative rock song. I'm not hitting y'all with no R&B this time. So sit back, listen to the song and let's go ahead and uh, get this party started. Now let's get into the show. Can we talk so friends and kin, this is a monumental situation that we have here because I am sitting here with none other than my special little, and I keep saying little because she is small in stature, my angel, my therapy angel, my therapist, I'm not going to say her name. She can introduce herself, but she is here with me today and we are going to have a very candid conversation about a whole lot of things. So I want you to be excited because I'm excited to be with here with her and I want her to introduce herself. Hello, I am Dr. Demisay and I am here with one of my favorite people, not just client or patient, but one of my favorite people. Yeah, I don't want to be called a patient because that makes me feel like, you know, like I wear a straight jacket. I don't like using the term patient either. Okay. So that's fair. Perfect. 
And um, I want you guys to understand that she is not lying. I am one of her favorite people. <laughs> and um, that is why I talk about her so much. Not because I'm her favorite person, but because she makes me feel like I'm her favorite person. Even if I'm not, I'm going to ride with it because that is what I believe. I believe that to be true. It's the truth, right? It is totally the truth that we is together. We see. <laughs> <laughs> we is together. That is that she is my she is my ace. Somebody said to me, um, you talk about your therapist like she's your best friend. I said she is my best friend. She doesn't know it, but she is my best friend in the whole wide world. Um, I want to start off the conversation by asking her what I ask everybody, which is tell me what your favorite thing to drink is. My favorite drink is tequila. Well, and I sip it though. I don't toss it back. <laughs> you don't so she doesn't you don't do shots. I could be convinced to do a shot, but it's not typical. I okay. usually order two or three shot size tequilas okay. and I drink them slowly. Do you like them chilled? No. Okay. So my aunt is a big time tequila drinker. Her she gets a double shot of tequila. She's listening because she listens to every episode the day it comes out within hours that mm. it's released. But correct me if I'm wrong, uh my aunt Cheryl. You drink a double shot of tequila chilled. Does she have a lime with it? I don't even think she does that. She just drinks it chilled. And um it is a lot to drink. I am a shot taker. I like shots of tequila. Mm -hmm. And that could be why we're connected, too, because I like tequila. <laughs> but you should look into that. Like, she just tells them a double shot. Uh -huh. And, I mean, if you don't need it chilled, you don't have to have it chilled. But I think it, it probably tastes better chilled because it's, it's not the... Alcohol just isn't the most pleasant thing to consume, period. But if you're drinking straight tequila, she gets it chilled, and then it's just cold in the glass. There's no ice in the glass. Uh -huh. And she just drinks it, and she sips on it like that, too. I like it. Room temperature. You do? I do. That's gangster. <laughs> that's I mean, shots are always room temperature, of course, mm -hmm. but that's gangster to just sip on tequila room temperature. <laughs> do you like brown liquor? Um, not typically. I think I've learned in my older age that it's not, you know, I, when whiskey got really uh big, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to drink whiskey. Yeah, it's not it doesn't work with my um acid reflux. Okay. Um my, it does it's not good. Um mm -hmm. I always end up with a headache. So tequila works. Uh Deep Eddy lemon vodka works, very specific mm -hmm. and um that's about and and Froze is my new favorite thing. I don't even know what that is. Oh, Frosé is like rosé. And I think they mix it with vodka and they make a blended drink out of it. Mm. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. They drink it out. And I love champagne. Okay. Like I can drink champagne all day, every day. And I've always liked it. And I think I like it because I, um, when I was little, I used to watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous mm -hmm. with Robin Leach. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be on this show one day. Um, it's not on anymore. But in my mind, I'm still going to be on it. But I wanted to be fancy like the people who drank champagne, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Mm -hmm. That was me. Okay. And so I always wanted to drink it, but I never really drank it too much. And then a couple of years ago, I was dating this guy and he really, really loved like champagne and I love him to pieces he doesn't know it but oh he probably does know it but anyway he really loves champagne so we drank champagne quite a bit when we were together and ever since then I think it was like my champagne fiend was awakened and I want to drink it all the time so I like champagne I like froze um I like red wine I don't like 
white wine too much, mm-hmm. but I will drink rosé. I do not drink Moscato. I think Moscato is not for me. I don't like Moscato either. Yeah, I it feel like, like candy. I feel like it's like Kool-Aid. Yeah. I don't know. I think people who don't like wine, they might like Moscato and yeah. Riesling. Yeah. Those are dessert wines. Yes, they are. (laughs) And you should have them either with or in lieu of dessert. Yeah. I don't want anything that sweet. No, I don't either. Especially not with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, Please drink (laughs) Moscato if you like it. I just don't like it. Anyway, so we're here today and we're going to talk about things. The last episode was about toxic. uh, It was about P-Valley, but we talked a lot about toxic relationships between mothers and daughters and Mm -hmm. how in our community it's not really discussed Mm -hmm. because you have to honor your mother and your father, but really your mother because you only get one mama. What if your mom is trash? Like, what if she's trash? It's not necessarily true that you only get one mom. Okay, let's talk about this. There are people in our communities who will adopt us. I have a lot of moms. Yeah. And so good moms even surround you with other people who can be your mom. Aunties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And God moms. Yeah. And so. All of them, I put them all in the same. They're all aunties. They're they're people who love you, who protect you, who will provide for you if if you need to, if they need to. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we, my guest and I, we talked about. On the show P Valley, we talked, uh, we touched on how like we related to in different ways. The one of the main characters, she and her mother have a very tumultuous relationship. Mm -hmm. And so on P Valley, it's interesting. There is this, I don't know what I would call Uncle Clifford because he dresses like a woman. Mm-hmm. He wears makeup, he wears wigs, you know, un- until he doesn't. And then he takes them off. And like when he's around his house, he doesn't. But when kind of like RuPaul, like when RuPaul is working, yeah. RuPaul is working, like yes. working. Right. Yes. But if you see RuPaul on a regular day, he just has on a suit uh-huh. and a hat. Right. Yeah. Um, With Uncle Clifford. No, Uncle Clifford would dress like a woman even when he wasn't working. But the thing about it is that when he wasn't working, he was still working. Okay. Right. The only time I ever saw him outside of the club, which is called the pank is when he went to the bank. And when he went to the bank, he was dressed as a man. Okay. Um, But that could just be the politics behind the, the, county or the town that they lived in he probably you know wanted them to respect him or see him in a different way so he couldn't be his full uncle cliff herself but what i was saying was that um it's interesting that in this show the uh creator of the show her name is katori hall and i'm gonna give her a shout out because she responded to some of my instagram posts and i was so excited and so did uncle clifford and so did mercedes i died and went to p valley heaven when that (laughs) happened but um Uncle Clifford, in a way, was like a mother to her. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, he to her and to like all the girls, like because he runs the club, the mm-hmm. the strip club, and like he mothers them definitely. And it's interesting to see a man mothering because he is mothering because there's very different energy between the energy that you get from a dad or an uncle versus an aunt or a mother but he definitely gave them like mother aunt energy okay and um he gave them that and another thing we talked about was um my guests talked about um this concept or this theory that she birthed called the displaced oshun theory 
And she talked about how basically there's this uh, ideal of like the sacred mother, I mean, the divine mother and the sacred whore, but they're always separate and Mm -hmm. never, it's like they can never like merge or they can never be one entity or one being. Okay. Of course, because of patriarchy, but really there are people who are both a divine mother and a sacred whore like Cardi B. Okay. Okay. What do you think about that? I don't know enough about Cardi B to okay. speak on her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Kim. Um, now that she has a daughter. Again, I just no. couldn't speak to. The first thing that comes to mind with all these ladies mm-hmm. are other mental health issues. Okay. Yes. Now, it's, <laughs> now we are cooking with grease. <laughs> Talk about it. Other mental health issues like what? Um, I think Cardi B has an issue with boundaries. Okay. Um, and that's very much in my face when I am come across her name. Okay. And then, um, did you say Little Kim? I did. Um, for her, there's like a whole self acceptance type thing. Okay. Um, that comes to me. Okay. No. Millie Jackson. Millie Jackson. Yeah, I think she was making music like when we were born, or like. As we were like infants. So if like our parents didn't really listen to her, we wouldn't really know. And yes, my therapist is close to age. Close to my age. <laughs> she is a young lady. Um, and my mother was very young. My mother was only 15 when she had me. So she wasn't listening to, listening to Millie Jackson. But mm-hmm. when I got older, I found out about who Millie Jackson was. So she was a singer. She was a little crass. She okay. sang about crass things and sex and, you know, my kind of lady. Okay. And... um. Like, just not unafraid to just be, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not so much as in your face as the artists of today are, I guess. Because, like, certain things, it's okay. Certain things just, I guess, weren't as accepted back then. Like, walking around and being on Instagram with your breasts out. Um, But she definitely sang about some stuff, right? Um, Let's talk about Lil' Kim and her acceptance. The issues around her acceptance. What what do you what do you think that's about? I mean, I definitely, you know, I don't follow her closely, but mm-hmm. back in the day when mm-hmm. I was following her story more closely, I just mm-hmm. felt like she had an issue with uh, defining what black womanhood looks like and what, in terms of like how it looks actually visually, like visually, and how it looks like in terms of lifestyle. Okay. It just seems like she struggled with that um, at different times in her career. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so did you listen to her music? I did. Okay. Yeah. So you listened to hardcore. I mean, it was very empowering. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the thing that all of the ladies you talked about have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like there's pussy power there. Yeah. <laughs> she said the P word. <laughs> yes. I agree. So what yeah. is before we get into like what pussy power is, I, I for me, like I'm a very sexual person. I don't have a problem talking about sex with strangers. I don't I don't care. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's just sex. Um, for me, there were three women who I'm not connected to other than that. We are all women um, that really helped me to like unlock that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was Madonna. Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson and Little Kim. Okay, and I, I I remember seeing Madonna in the 
What album was it? I think it was the album where uh, she was like doing like the whole black thing with the cornrows, appropriating her ass off mm-hmm. with like the cornrows, but then the latex and like mm-hmm. the BDSM situation. Something about that was really empowering to me. Mm-hmm. And because you don't see women doing that. That's and so it was true. almost like she was like, fuck y'all, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes. And who would have known that I would be so influenced by that kind of thing? Um, and then... Uh, I can't remember. It's a song. It might be Madonna's song. It's called Human Nature. And then, uh, yeah, I think it is Human Nature because I think that's the video where the background is like, um, it's like a light blue and she has on, she has this jet black, these jet black cornrows and like a black latex suit and Mm -hmm. they're pulling on her. Mm -hmm. And the song, some of the lyrics say, I'm not sorry. It's human nature. And like, she talks about people like, this is so telling about who I am. I never thought about it. Mm -hmm. She talks about people like frowning upon her being um, sexually free and doing what she wants to do and sexually liberated. Mm -hmm. Then it was Janet Jackson. No, 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 no. Then it was little Kim and hardcore. I was actually still a virgin when that came out. I was in high school. I was somewhat of a late bloomer. I didn't start having sex until I was a freshman in college. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but that album, like I had to sneak and listen to it because God, my parents would have died. But I, I was listening to it and I was like, this lady is saying some things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. And I was singing it and I felt good about singing it. And I didn't really, I hadn't done any of the things she was talking about, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I was looking forward to doing them (laughs) because I felt like I want to feel like proud to say that I did these things. Right. Yeah. And then it was Janet Jackson's uh, Red uh, Velvet Rope album. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was it. Because when that came out, I, I was having sex by then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that 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 sealed the deal for me. I was like, it is totally okay to talk about sex. It's okay to um, do the things you want to do sexually. And it and it's to- like it is okay. Yeah. Even though society tells you it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And society t- still tells me today that it's not okay. And I'm 41. Yeah. Cuz I just had a birthday. I'm I'm 41. Happy birthday to me. Yes. Um I just had a birthday <laughs> last week. Yeah, I did. It was a week about a week ago. Um even at 41, people still will say things to me like it's not ladylike for you to say things like this or it's not- I hate yeah, I hate that's not okay. I hate when people say things like that. And I really hate when men tell me that it's not ladylike. Right. What do you mean? I have a whole vagina and two very large breasts. I am a woman. Hear me roar. There's nothing <laughs> unwoman about me. I'm a whole woman. I have ovaries. I bleed every month. What is, what is being a lady anyway? Exactly. Who created that? A man. Probably a man. Probably. And probably a white man. Um, Ooh, yeah, I yeah, th- probably. Mm-hmm. Because uh, to me, that's all wrapped up in like the whole Southern Belle culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely a white man then. And then what ends up happening is no black woman could ever be ladylike. No, so to speak. Come on now. Now, do you see why she's my therapist? <laughs> no, because I will never be a Confederate Southern Belle. No, nor I don't personally aspire to be. Mm-hmm. I want to always disrupt. All of those systems. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if I know that me talking about sex or cursing or um, spitting 
Mm-hmm. Not in the not in a building, but like outside makes you uncomfortable and makes you say, oh, she's she's not a lady. Good. I want to do that. <laughs> OK, because you don't get to define what being a lady is. That's very true. Yeah, That's very true. I think um, for my girls, um, 22 and 18, Megan the Stallion mm-hmm. is was the equivalent of our little our Kim. Little Kim. Yeah. yeah. I love Meg the Stallion. Yeah. Because my kids are seeing WAP all over the house. My oh. boys too. Oh, you and should spank them. No, I'm I'm proud. You know. Yes, I am. I, especially when I hear my sons, you know, <laughs> say WAP. Yeah, when they sing it, sing it about it and stuff like that. When I they just, do, they say like wet ass pussy. I can't well, believe I just said that. Oh my god. <laughs> do are they saying for those of you? Okay, so because sometimes I have to dial it back because everybody is not. As mm-hmm. you know, right. not hip, but like aware, right. culturally it. aware. I get it. So Cardi B and Meg The Stallion have a song called WAP. If you don't know it, if you don't know about this song, I don't know what rock you could possibly <laughs> be living under. But they have a song. It's called WAP. And um, WAP, W-A-P, stands for wet ass pussy. Mm-hmm. The song is all about what she does with her WAP and how <laughs> great her WAP is. And people, when it came out, were appalled by it. Mm-hmm. The minute I heard it, I was in love mm-hmm. because I was like, that's right. Mm-hmm. Be proud of it. Yeah. Because everybody doesn't have a WAP. And and being a pussy is not a bad thing. No, <laughs> like having a pussy is not a bad not, thing. It's not. And saying the word pussy is not a bad thing. It's not. No. But we are taught that it is. Yeah, it is. We we totally We're are. We're taught that the vagina represents a bunch of negative things. When it actually births it gives birth. It yes. lets it ushers life into yes. this realm. Yeah. Yeah. People are weird. But so you're okay with your son saying that? I they whisper like they say uh-huh. they'll sing all the lyrics mm-hmm. and then when it comes to the you know wet ass pussy they'll part lower there okay they'll whisper it or they might skip over the exact words. that part okay um but yeah i've heard like big black truck and make me choke <laughs> all the other stuff they say they say that <laughs> and i'm you know i'm dancing along okay it, so I you like it i mean i like that we are lifting up the woman's body mm-hmm. and we're not demonizing it or singing about it being nasty or mm-hmm. stinky or dirty or or a woman's needs being inappropriate in any way at all. So right. it's just another song about like hardcore pussy power and validating womanhood and and needs and you know, stuff like that. What is pussy power? I think it's um it's our own appreciation for our sexual power. Okay. And so it's enjoying, um, it's enjoying your vagina, you know, and it's sharing your vagina and it's. And there's nothing wrong <laughs> with sharing your vagina. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. And, um, and there's, there's nothing bad about it. A pussy. There's yeah. nothing bad about it. If you don't like the word pussy, you should stop listening now. In this moment, <laughs> the word pussy is not for you. It's not. I mean, if it's not for you, then this is not going to be your episode because clearly we've said it 8,000 times. As a matter of fact, I may put a disclaimer at the, in the at the beginning of the show that every time you hear the word that you should drink. <laughs> like Andy Cohen on Bravo and on his shows, he does this thing where he puts a word at the top of the TV. And every time you hear that word, take a shot. Okay. If so, you guys are going to be drunk within the first half an hour of the, te- of the show. Why do you think 
people or not people. And I don't want this to be like a male bashing show because mm-hmm. that's not, I don't do that. But like, why do you think, what do you think that's about? Like when you come across like women who are very anti pussy power, you you guys don't see me making my bunny rabbit fingers, but when you come across women who are very anti that. I think that um, society teaches us as women to follow social norms around our vaginas. So if society says pussy is dirty and it's nasty and it means weakness. And so if you want to, if you want to fit in with society, then you need to take on those beliefs and you also need to teach your daughters and your sons to kind of maintain that social Mm -hmm. norm and not bashing men at all but if you look at um, the history around like mythology and religion uh, the woman is the most terrifying villain in a story if you look at Eve if you look at um, Medusa Medusa. if you look at the sirens the sirens if you look at I mean, if you just look through history at all of these scary stories, just look at Disney stories and how the stepmother. Oh, yeah. Matt or, Maleficent. Yes. Uh, they're the, just the, 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 my favorite Disney villain is um, uh, the Snow White Queen. Mm-hmm. I thought she was really pretty. She's beautiful. Yeah. Until she turned into the witch. Yeah. Then she's not. And Ursula was so horrible. I love Ursula. Ursula was a badass bitch. She was a boss lady, yeah. but she was a villain. She was. And she was a terrifying villain. I was legit, as a child, afraid of her. Yeah. She was too. the only one, but something about her scared me. She actually turned the king into like a weed in yeah. her garden. Yeah, I was I was scared. So you guys don't know that um, Dr. Demisay and I, uh, <laughs> we talk about Disney films. We like Disney films. <laughs> I am a big time Disney fan, period. Mm-hmm. Disneyland, Disney World, all of the Disney, Minnie, Mickey, it's my thing. Yes, I know Walt Disney was a racist. Okay, he was a white man who lived in the 20s, 30s, 40s. What else could he be but a racist? Mm-hmm. I'm not even, you know, I like Disney and I don't really give a shit what you think. Because I go, every time I get a chance, I go to Disney World, actually. <laughs> I just came back from Disney World. Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom, and I collect Minnie Mouse ears. So if you want to send me something nice, send me some Minnie Mouse ears. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, Ursula did scare me. Mm-hmm. She did. I wonder if it was because she was big. No, she was scary. She was scary. Um, Snow White's um, the queen, queen was scary. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. The queen was scary. Um, Medusa, I terrifying. Don't, I don't remember. The villain in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Who was the villain in Maleficent? In Beauty and the Beast? No, in, 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 uh, Sleeping Beauty. Maleficent. They did a whole like movie, maybe even two about her. And mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, I thought, did a really good job. I agree. Yeah. She did a great job. She did. Um, I can't remember. Be our guest. Be our guest. And Garcon. Gaston. There was not a, no a female like villain. Gaston. There was not. No. Was there a villain at all? Gaston. Gaston. Mm-hmm. We learned early on that women are, and it's for sure fertility, like at a time before people understood fertility and how women have babies, mm-hmm. women were seen as more powerful and so also scary. And because so, we could make a life come out of our bodies. Yeah. Oh, that is pretty freaky. And there were so many myths around how pregnancy happens, where you had to please the woman, you had to... 
Well, child, let me tell you something. <laughs> I don't have any kids. And maybe that's why. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, that wasn't nice to say. Because uh, if any of my lovers past or current are listening, I am pleased. Thank you very much. Well, now that everyone understands fertility, women have lost their, um, they've lost their power in some ways. Mm -hmm. And people, I mean, that's when ideas around like um, women being low and weak and um, things that are womanly being weak and unclean, that's kind of like a menstrual cycle? Yeah. Okay. Or just regular, a regular vagina is not necessarily considered to be clean, even if it is. Okay. You know? And, the you know, the epithet calling somebody a pussy means you're weak. You're or, weak. You know? And so society is full of examples of how women are viewed and women's body parts are viewed. Mm -hmm. Like boobs are considered dumb. You're a boob, you know? Yeah, you're yeah. right. And so... They don't say that when the lights go out, though. <laughs> no, they say, Mama. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they want to be fed. Yes, they do. I never thought about that at all. But that's true. And that's what makes pussy power so bold. It's because you're not, you're no longer following that rule where you're thinking about pussies as dirty or weak mm -hmm. or bad in any way at all you're kind of singing about the good stuff yeah wop about wop. the wop about wop, the wop 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 mm -hmm. but when the song came out like it like i remember there was this uh like white news journalist and he was reading the lyrics and like reading them verbatim in his very white journalistic way mm -hmm. and i'm like this is all over everywhere mm -hmm. but i think it's good it is i think good. it's good and I, I agree with you. I think that it is good for um, young women, maybe not for little girls, because they don't really get it. My best friend and I had a conversation about like the visuals, like the, the did you ever see the video? No. OK, well, I am actually going to pause this so that you can watch it. Hmm. Hold, please. So we took a small chronic break, as Snoop Dogg would say. We did not take a chronic break. We are not smoking weed at all. Um, but we took a little intermission to to watch the WAP video. And what did you think? I thought it was very sexy and tasteful. Um, and just a bunch of beautiful women singing about their WAPs. Their WAPs. Yeah. I love it. Okay. That is good to hear. Do you see this? I have the best therapist <laughs> on the planet. Uh, you said it was tasteful. A I lot of so. people would disagree with that. I think people who feel threatened by the the female form might not... Like it. What about people who say it's just too much? I would say, what does that mean? Too much of what? Too much ass. There actually wasn't that much ass in it. It wasn't there was actually, actually more breasts. It was a lot ass. of boob because Cardi B in that one outfit with the boobs out. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of something um, that Miss Piggy wore once. I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I think I saw Miss Piggy in a costume like that. I've seen her before. in corsets. Yeah, Miss Piggy does a lot of courses. Yeah. Miss Piggy is sexy. I love Miss Piggy. She is sexy. Yeah. I think Miss Piggy is black too. Miss Piggy could be black. I definitely think Miss Piggy is black. First of all, not to say that this is a black woman's thing, but I mean, let's just call us a, a, a duck a duck. 
Look how she treats Kermit. <laughs> I was thinking that to myself. She treats she's poor Kermit. The boss. Yeah, she's very bossy. She mm-hmm. smacks on them in public. And not saying, of course, disclaimer, black women don't all smack on their men in public and they don't boss their men around. Miss Piggy is a sister. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. And I know she wears and people are like, oh, she's pink. Well, pigs are pink. Like yeah. they weren't going to make her a black pig. That's true. Yeah. Well, also, she has blonde hair. Yeah. Well, she has blonde hair. Well, so does Mary J. Blige. Yeah, and Little yeah. Kim. Yeah, <laughs> and me in the summertime. So, mm-hmm. like, okay, I love Miss Piggy. So, shout out to Miss Piggy and Jim Henson for creating Miss Piggy. But um, there were a lot of breasts in there. I thought that the video was fine. I was not offended. The worst thing about the video to me was the snakes. Mm-hmm. I don't like snakes. I'm deathly afraid of snakes. But um, th- they're just bodies, and they weren't naked. I've seen more sexual videos i mean i've seen videos where strippers are literally stripping well yeah and like so, on those vi- on the do you remember bet uncut mm-hmm. oh yeah mm, yeah oh that was that was i used to love bet uncut there was a song on there uh called white girl it was the best <laughs> it was the best i don't remember it <laughs> it was the best google it the guy was saying, white girls, something, something, something going through my mind. It was to the song of, um, what's what's the original song? Huh? Uh, I know the song yeah, you sound about, I can't, I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. either, but it was to that. And it was funny. And my cousin Randall and I, hi, Randall. My cousin Randall and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Okay. So I want to talk to you about toxic. Now that we've gotten all the fun stuff out of the way, mm-hmm. I want to talk about something that we talked about in my, the last episode where we talked about Mercedes and her mother, the evil Patrice Woodbine on P Valley and about like relationships, like toxic relationships with your mother. Mm-hmm. You said you don't like the word toxic. I think it's overused. I agree. And I think that it means so many different things when people are using it. Okay. And so I think that in the interest of kind of trying to address a problem, it's helpful to be like more specific when you're using a term to describe a state. An unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's just say unhealthy relationships. Okay. So let's talk about unhealthy relationships between mothers and daughters. Uh, That is something that uh, I understand on different levels, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that we don't discuss a lot in our community Mm -hmm. because I feel like, especially in our community, like mothers are, which is a good thing because mothers should be upheld to the highest of standards. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, we don't talk about when mothers are not at their best Mm -hmm. and they don't, uh, do the best they can. Well, let me retract that because if you go to therapy, everybody knows that parents do the best they can with what they have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes people, I was one of those people who didn't really want to believe that. But when you really, really start to look at who your parents are, mm-hmm. Something I realize is that, one, you don't really know them, first and foremost, because you were not around until you were born. Right. And you didn't really know them until you were at least five. Okay. Right? Because you aren't old enough to really understand. Right. And also, parents also keep so much from us. Like, you could have a parent who has been raped multiple times by an uncle. 
Absolutely. that died before you were born and never, and, know it. and never know it because she never talks about it and nobody in the family ever talks about it. Right. Or maybe she never told anybody. Yeah. You know, and so maybe that's why she acts a certain way. You yes. know what I mean? Um, so it took for me to really start to break down who my parents are for me to get to a place where I understand that my parents literally and, and my quote unquote step parents included, they did the best that they could with what they were working with. Exactly. And when you really understood and, and, and when you pay attention to who they are as adults, mm-hmm. when you really start to study their behaviors mm-hmm. and their patterns, you're like, yeah, they don't have it to give me. They don't have the capacity. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something. That is the magic word between Dr. Demise and I. <laughs> capacity that if I, if I can say that I have learned that is the one thing that I have learned the most in the when did I start seeing you in January or February in the nine to ten months that we have been working together that is the one thing I think that has helped me to grow the most mm-hmm. understanding co- people's capacity and understanding my expectation. We always talk about expectation versus capacity. Right. And I think that when you look at relationships with parents, that is a, a big thing to look at. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And people can say, oh, no, they have the capacity because they do X, Y, and Z. But I promise you, when you really start to look at your parents and look at their parents. Right. And look at the interactions between them and their parents and their interactions with you and maybe other kids and maybe people they date or their spouses. When you really start to break down who you're, I don't want to say break down because that sounds negative. But when you really start to peel away the layers of who your parents are, Mm -hmm. you realize that some stuff that they just are not capable of producing for you. Right. And that's. That's just who they are. They can't be anything more than they are. Yeah. And it's okay to bring your A game, whatever it looks like. Because everybody's A game is not the same, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I think about it like sports, like LeBron James A game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to talk about anybody. Oh, well, you know what I can. And this doesn't mean that they are not as good of a player. But Le- even LeBron James's A game and Michael Jordan's A game yeah. is very different. Yes very different yeah they have very different capacities Mm -hmm. right they're both winners they both win championships they're both great basketball players but their a-game situation is very different that was a good analogy Mm -hmm. hold on while i pat myself on the back (laughs) that was a good one and i literally patted myself on the back but why do you think we you know it's something that you know we don't really talk about in our community we don't like to talk about things that don't fit a sta- a certain set of standards. Okay. We don't talk about them at all. And so it's much easier to blame a person for not wanting to or not caring mm-hmm. as opposed to viewing a person as not being able to. Okay. It's much easier because it, what, what it does is it allows us to take on that victim role mm. as opposed to looking at a person's capacity and yourself. It's easier to say, oh, they're doing this because of me. Okay. Because of who I am or because of something I said or did, okay. they're withholding something I deserve intentionally. Okay. Because we all want to feel like we have control and others have control too. Mm. The idea that people are moving around in a way that they're not necessarily fully able to do everything that they want to do, it means that we're not either. Okay. Um, we're not fully able to do everything that we want to do because we have different capacities. Right. And so kind of accepting yourself 
as someone who who has who does things that that they didn't intend to do, who contributes to unintended outcomes in others, it gets to be uncomfortable to think about. And we don't like to think that the people that we look to as our parents mm-hmm. could ever be human in that way. Well, you could have just stopped at human because I know for me, for a long time, I did not see my parents as regular human beings. Mm-hmm. I saw them as mother and father. Mm-hmm. I looked at my mother and my father like they are supposed to be like my grandmother and my grandfather were as mm-hmm. the way I saw them as parents, mm-hmm. right? Or the way my the type of godmother that my godmother was to me, mm-hmm. I expected that all mothers should be that way to their daughters, mm-hmm. right? So we have these images or these uh, concepts of what we believe mothers and fathers should be. Right. But the truth of the matter is that it doesn't always work that way. No. And some people have those kind of moms, right? Yes. Those yes. Uh, Felicia in the black community, in the white community, is uh, uh, Cleaver. June Cleaver. June Cleaver, yeah. right? In the black community, it's, Fel- it's uh, Claire Huxtable. Yes. Everybody wanted her to be their mama. I know I did. I did. I wanted her to be my mama. She was sassy. She was smart. She was a lawyer. She was pretty. She wore nice outfits. Her makeup was nice. Her hair was amazing. <laughs> Even when it was messy, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. She cooked sometimes. You know, she was fun. I was like, yes. She wasn't warm enough for me. Okay. okay I, I wanted more hugs and kisses. Okay, I get that. And maybe <laughs> I didn't want that because I got a lot of hugs and kisses. <laughs> okay. I did. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of hugs and kisses. But I wanted like, and maybe that's why I wanted a Claire Huxable mother because mm-hmm. she was sassy my mother was not very sassy my mm-hmm. mother was quiet mm-hmm. um she was smart she was a lawyer my mother was not a lawyer mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. my mother was smart but in her own way and not in a like she was special needs way but yeah. like she was she's clearly a very i'm gonna say this without divulging too much information about my mother she's smart she can pull <laughs> off a lot of things that your normal human being can't pull off right okay yes um she was sassy, you know, she went to work every day. My mother didn't go to work every day. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that's what I wanted. But it's interesting you say I wasn't into that because she wasn't huggy, lovey, dovey enough. Mm-hmm. So who who would you want? Uh, uh, Florida Evans? Oh, you know what? Yes. yes. Florida Evans was like the yes. perpetual self. Florida Evans gets on my nerves. <laughs> but she was like the quintessential self-righteous black mama. Was she? Yeah, with the Jesus on the wall, the white Jesus, too. Oh, and no. Then. No, remember JJ took it down and put the black Jesus up. Okay. Who was actually Ned DeWino. But okay. it, it works, right? Because why can't <laughs> Ned DeWino be exalted as Jesus? Jesus lives through him, right? Right. Yes. But however you want to take that. But um, you like Florida. I guess I don't remember her well. I just remember her looking huggable. Like that's well, what she I hugged her kids a lot. I remember her looking huggable. I remember taking her kids to t- to task sometimes, mm-hmm. but also validating their truths. Yeah, and also you know what? Yes, yes, and holding her husband accountable, but also being supportive. Yes. So that's kind of how I remember her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She fuss him out sometimes mm-hmm. and she lift him up sometimes. And- I just watched the episode of Good Times the other day, the other night, and she was so, James got a new job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so neither one of them had finished high school. Mm-hmm. And they were, they had 
James had just got a new job at a factory because God knows that brother stayed at the factory. And she had found out from somebody about getting a GED and she had signed up for GED classes. Mm. And she was so excited and James was not excited for her. Okay. And she was excited. And then he was like, nah, Florida, you ain't. Da, 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 da. But he didn't tell her no. He just was like, I ain't with this. I'm not with it at all. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, fine. I won't do it, you know, because it's making my husband uncomfortable. And, you know, I don't want to disrupt my family life. My family is more important. I can just read and take the classes. I mean, I can just read the books. I'll keep the books, read the books. I don't have to get the GED. But in the end, he said, you know, he came around. Good Times was really a good show. <laughs> he came around and he said, you know what, Florida? Um, I was being foolish to say that you shouldn't get your GED. I want you to get your GED. And guess what? I signed up to get mine, too, so we can take the classes together. Mm-hmm. That is black love. Yes, that is. That is the real black yeah, love. Yeah, it is. It's messy, but loving. And it's forgiving and apologizing and it's accountability being accountable and doing things together when you can Mm, like the song making a way when you can (laughs) yeah but you know what i never even thought about that like that is black love Mm -hmm. but you know another thing another now we're veering off you know i'm the queen of digressing (laughs) but whenever i talk about black love i always think about bobby brown and whitney houston Mm. i know god bless their hearts um but like that was a that you know crackhead love. I'm sorry, I must say it because <laughs> I know crackheads, right? Mm-hmm. That's a different kind of love. I remember there's an episode where she was constipated, and he went in and got pulled, like moved it with his finger so that she could get it out. That's a different kind of love. I don't know about that kind of love, and I don't know if I ever would like to know about that kind of love. But that's love. I've seen people who are not married to each other who are both using drugs together help each other in that way. Yeah. Oh, you've seen it like in person? Like I've heard it happening okay, okay. at my place of like where at I work. Where I've you heard work. two people in the bathroom, one helping the other person. Poo? Yeah. And I think that I think that addicts they do love they do the loving part mm-hmm. towards each other. Yeah. I won't say it's because of um it's because of like relationship like it's not because they're married or anything but no they hate to see each other sick yeah they you know they risk a lot to kind of help each other stay well and yeah they they do help unconstipate each other they does crack make you constipated yeah most opiates do opiates look she's smart look at (laughs) y'all don't even know i bet your therapist don't know that crack can constipate you (laughs) Okay, it constipates you. I hope okay. your therapist knows that crack can constipate you. Please make sure your therapist knows that. <laughs> and if she doesn't, tell her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Because you know what else? I know this is totally digressing, but I don't think that crackheads hi- or like d- drug addicts probably don't hydrate appropriately either. No, they don't. So, of course, they're going to be constipated because they're not drinking enough water. Because I'm not on drugs. And when I don't drink enough water, sis has a hard time. Yeah. And I got to drink. I got to go get to the juice bar and get certain juices. And <laughs> if that doesn't work, I got to go get some citrate magnesium. Listen, it, it gets rough. <laughs> When if you just drink water, I'm sitting here with a gallon Mm -hmm. of a big gallon of water, like you drink it, you don't have those problems, but they don't hydrate. 
And they're not necessarily eating their vegetables. They don't. They don't have the best diets. Right. If they eat, yeah, because they don't eat a lot. It depends. Okay. On what? Tell me. On where the free food is. Okay. If you get money, then of yeah. course you're not going to use it to buy food. But yeah. there are plenty of places where you can get free food. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what they're serving there. Most places that serve food are trying to serve like a low budget version of a healthy meal. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, back to this mother thing. So uh, in, in our community, we don't talk about like uh, bad mothers. And if you talk about your mother being bad or something like people will shun you or and sometimes, you know, I will say it seems like in our community, in the black community, addressing and and bringing to light the unhealthy aspects of your relationship with your mother is frowned upon, but talk about your daddy being ain't shit. It is welcomed. (laughs) Yeah. We love to talk about an ain't shit daddy. I I think, uh, I think women are, it's easier for women to talk about their ain't shit daddy than men Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for, for women to talk about the ancient mama than men are. Okay. I think women are usually the ones kind of like leading the leading the charge with ain't shit anybody. Yes. Men tend to be a little bit more closed lip mm-hmm. on they're not necessarily going to disrespect their mom by talking bad about her yeah. even though she was horrible. Right. And they're not necessarily caring enough or or they don't want to appear that they're caring enough to talk about ain't shit dads okay. either. They don't really talk that much. But women, we talk badly about our home. Anybody. I don't care who you are. You catching this work. Sometimes, I don't know. I think that guys will talk about their dads not being, you know, my father wasn't there for me. He wasn't shit. He ain't teach me how to be a father. I had to learn from the streets. My uncle or the drug dealer down the street taught me how to be a man. Like, that happens. I actually don't meet real men, like adult Ooh. men who do that. Bloop, bloop. I mean, I've heard music. Yeah. But like. Like Tupac. Yeah. But honestly, if I saw a man say something like that, I would think like, dang. Mm. You upset. You got a lot on you. To hear a, a man do it or two men do it. I just don't see it often enough for it to feel normal to Okay. Me. Okay. And so I would. I just don't think it's it's something a lot of men do. Okay. That's all. Because I was going to say, I think that's another thing that in our community happens a lot is that we don't allow men the space to emote. Because like, what if, you know, the daddy ain't shit. Like he shouldn't be able to, like he should be free to say that. No. I think he should be free. But you but still I, I, feel the way you want to feel, no, which I mean, is totally okay. No, though. no, my okay. feeling isn't that he shouldn't express, okay, or she shouldn't, okay. But I definitely think that there's a time and a place, okay, okay. And I think that, and I think that women don't necessarily acknowledge that there's an appropriate time and place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that women do, right? And I think for men, maybe because of society. There is no time and place, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that there should be a time and a place always for both genders to talk about ain't shit whoever. And when is that time? In therapy. In therapy, on the phone, at home with your best buddies or your sisters or your cousins. Not or, on the bus stop. Not on the bus stop. Not in the mall. Okay. Not, you know. Why is that bad? I just think that, I don't know. I guess it's definitely worth exploring whether or not there should be a proper time and there should be a proper place or if every time is the right time and every place is the right place. Or any time or any place. Or any place. Like Janet Jackson. 
I guess my concern would be as a therapist that not everyone is going to be able to hear your truth and be a good a good receptor mm-hmm. and to, and and to give you something that you can use after you share it a supportive a receptor too. exactly yeah. exactly and so because the okay I get what you're saying because if you're on the bus stop and you're doing this um well I think anywhere this could happen you have people who will perpetuate your bs and not to say that your feelings are BS, because, you know, it, I think it boils down to what is your truth? Like, in, in my mind, and I mean, I have kind of experienced this, like, you know, my truth about some of my parents. And when I say some of my parents, it's because I have biological parents and, I, you know, my both of my parents married other people. So I had step parents. For me, like, I have truths about my parents, mm-hmm. all four of them. I have beliefs about them that are my truths. Other people may not agree with my truth, particularly them, you know, (laughs) so they may not agree with what I feel or what I deem as my truth. There may be other family members who may not agree with what I say is my truth. But when, you know, why is it not? Look at me pushing back on my therapist. Why is it not? Why? Why? I I think I don't believe that there is never a good time to speak your truth other than I do believe that there are inappropriate times. It's a time and place for everything. Mm -hmm. But like if I want to do it on the bus stop, like why I feel like I should be able to express because that that may relieve me of something. I I. If you feel like it's going to be good for you, I certainly wouldn't tell someone not to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think that in the moment, we don't realize what will come back to us after we put it out there. Expound. Tell me what you mean by that. How will people treat you based on the information that they've given you? Because for some of us, when we talk our truth, what we've done is we've exposed our vulnerabilities. Yes. And then those vulnerabilities can be exploited. Yeah, honey. Yes. And not just that, we also expose the vulnerability of the person we're talking about. Right. And again, um, like if you tell someone on a bus who happens to know who your mom is and you saying you ain't S, mm-hmm. then sh- they can go back to say, look, your own daughter doesn't even think you S. She told the whole bus stop, you know. Right. And that can cause problems. It can cause problems like ne- bringing negative attention to people instead of support. Right. When you expose something like that, ideally, you're going to get a circle of love response from the people you're sharing it with, mm-hmm. where you don't become unsafe because you've exposed it. And the person you're talking about also doesn't become unsafe because you've said it. Right. Okay. And so you're not necessarily ensuring your safety or the safety of people you're talking about when you do it on a bus stop. Right. And I think that when you are speaking specifically about like our culture, not to be, you know, but like shit can get real when you talk about stuff like that. Yes. Right. And so I think that like, I understand what you're saying now. And also it can cause, um, so much strain in an already sh- strained relationship. Absolutely. So, okay. So, all right. She wins. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I agree with that. And I'm I, as you were talking and I'm thinking about my own experiences, I fully understand what you're saying because mm-hmm. 
I I have experienced that where that it just doesn't make the situation better. Right. Like if anything, it makes it so much worse. And then if you already are in a situation where you have a strained relationship with someone or with a parent, where since we're talking about parents, um, and this it doesn't even have to be like on the bus stop. It could be at the cookout. Yes. It could be at your big mama's house and you know, one of your aunts or your uncles or cousins with a big mouth is there and they go back and say, do you know that your daughter was there and she was saying that you wasn't shit and that you ain't even sent her a birthday card and did a, she need to shut up and stop talking, telling your business. And she said that she was at the welfare office. Like that's just going to cause more stress yes. and that's going to drive even a, a even larger wedge between you and said parent exactly. instead of it bringing you closer together. Absolutely. I get and that. it takes control away from you too because mm. now you've the cast quality a larger of your net. relationship depends on other people too and you've kind of cast the net out what does that mean so i mean like um if i'm fishing i hold my net and i fish with my net only mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. but if i throw my net out mm-hmm. everybody can grab my net and fish with my net and sometimes benefit from like my net, which I'm going to say is my pain or my estranged, estranged relationship with my parents. Absolutely. Because let's just be real. Some people are just messy. Yes. And some people are trash. Yes. I'm going to tell you how, why I fell in love with my therapist. I'm not. Never mind. Um, the Some people are just trashy, right? Yes. And some people feed off of your uh, negative interactions with others. Your parents. Absolutely. And some people will use that as um, they will get in that car Mm -hmm. and they will drive that car. Yes. Right. Definitely. I do believe that sometimes some people do it and they don't. They're not being malicious. I do Mm -hmm. believe that sometimes people are doing it and and it's not a malicious thing. Mm -hmm. But there are some people who do it intentionally. Absolutely. And they take it and they run with it. And sometimes the groundwork or the foundation of that is jealousy Mm -hmm. of the relationship that you have with the parent, Mm -hmm. um, their inadequacies or uh, their insecurities of the their the relationships that they have with their parents. Yes. And so it's like if I got a fucked up relationship with my daddy, well, you should have a fucked up relationship with your daddy too. Let's just be fucked up together. You and, know what I mean? And for others it's that killer instinct where they sense blood in the water and, and just, they have to just attack. They take information and they use it to destroy. Yeah. And that's just their that's their instinct. Mm. That's their nature. That's trashy. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> it's it's trashy. trashy, right? It's trashy, but they learn that. It's a learned behavior. When you understand that everyone in your life is acting according to their capacity, yep. even if they really are trashy, you're kind of like, it's okay. Yeah. And it's you know, right. and so what I will say, since she has said that, that is what therapy has taught me. Because if you and if we would have had this conversation in October of 2019, it would have come, I, my response would have been real different, mm. right? But I don't, um, I think when you surrender to um, the concept of like expectation versus capacity, like you just see people in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not just your parents, just everybody. And you yourself. know what I mean? And yourself too. Uh oh, no, this is trouble. Yeah. We see ourselves with respect and, and warm regard because we realize that we're only doing the best we can do. Yeah. And it's okay. And I think that another reason that that um is really healing, and I don't think that it's only healing for me. I think that if people would put their their pride down and put their 
ego down and like be like raw and naked with that idea Mm -hmm. that even the people that you don't want to forgive, like you can't help it. That's so true. Yeah. I'm about to cry a little bit. I'm not going to cry. I do this thing where I say I'm about to cry and then I don't cry because I don't really want to cry. But I think that it is um, when you just see people as like everybody is just a human being walking around trying to figure life out. And some of us work a little harder to figure it out. Some of us pretend that they don't need to figure it out. And some of us um, just are totally against trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we really get into that, everybody's just walking around like we all just struggling. Right. Aside from the fact that the world is pretty jacked up right now, Mm -hmm. just even if it was 10 years ago, like the world's jacked up 10 years ago, too. But like even if like whenever it is like everybody's just walking around with shit. Yes. Right. And I think that when it comes because I'm talking specifically about parents, when it comes to talking about and thinking about your parents, you have to really understand that like they just got their own shit. Right. And when you want people to accept you, you know, because I'm coming to the table with some shit. I'm coming. I'm sitting down with a hot bag of shit. <laughs> I'm coming to the table with a lot of stuff. All right? the side. Everybody is. Yeah. If I want people to be accepting of my stuff mm-hmm. and to honor and respect me in spite of the fact that I come with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and to love me in spite of the fact that I have a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And to still like me. Yes. Because it's a difference, right? You can love yes. somebody and not really like them. Right. Um, and to like me in spite of all of my stuff and to choose you. Woo! She's trying. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't choose do that. me. Don't do that, Dr. Dempsey. Because I said I'm not crying. To choose me in yes. spite of my hot heaping bag of boo-boo. Mm-hmm. To accept me. Yeah. Because to acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. And you can acknowledge my boo-boo too, though, yes. right? So you can yeah. acknowledge my hot bag of poop. Yes. But to a- acknowledge and a- listen, acknowledgement, acceptance, choosing and respect. Like you don't even love me. Like, okay, if you don't, but like those like basic fun, if yeah. you can do that, then I have to be willing and able to do that for other people. Absolutely. Come on. Listen, I'm finna have a praise break in here I ha- because I'm, I'm working through, I'm working through some stuff just cause I, for me, I'm probably going to be in therapy for the rest of my life. Um, and it'll be you. So don't even think that. It's like I said, happen. we is together. We is together. Me and my doctor <laughs> is together. Um, but that is it. Like how oh, I'm about to read myself. And I wish that my parents could listen to this. They're not because hashtag I'm not going to say why, but like, I wish they could hear this because like I have, how dare I not be accepting of them and their stuff, Mm -hmm. but still want them to be accepting of me and my stuff. That's not how it works. She's looking at me like a proud mama. She's looking (laughs) at me like she's proud of me. Look at me having like breakthroughs on the show. Come on. Mm-hmm. Next time I see one of my parents, I'm going to kiss them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll let you know how that works out. <laughs> psych. Psych your mind. Make your booty shine. <laughs> That's definitely not going to happen. Um, but, I mean, like, I think that that just made me 
Now, I don't know how I'll feel next week because somebody might do something to me and I might feel a different way. Mm -hmm. But I think that that is a breakthrough for me that I literally just had. Like, Mm -hmm. how dare I not be accepting of somebody else's shit, Mm -hmm. but want other people to be accepting of my shit? Even, but I think the tricky part is though that like a lot of times people don't know what your shit is. Mm hmm. That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess some people, and some people would use that as an excuse. Well, how am I supposed to know? I didn't know that you felt like this, or I didn't know you went through this because I didn't tell you, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, like, why can't you just be accepting of, of me and what I'm bringing to the table? Right. But how do you do that? Even like when people aren't being kind to you or being nice, you can't force someone to be ready to be that healthy person mm-hmm. who can be accepting and tolerant mm-hmm. and forgiving. It's each person's journey to get to that place. And some people don't get there ever, ever. I'm sad. I'm sad for them. Ideally though, you learn that from your parents. Well, I am here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in spite of that, you learn it anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be better, that knowledge is available. That is, that is, I feel like I learned so many things from my parents, Mm -hmm. some things that I will never use in life. Mm Kind of like when you're in school and you're like, I'm never going to freaking use geometry ever in life. Right. (laughs) But I also believe that sometimes them not teaching us things um, teaches us things. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yes. So me not maybe not getting that from my parents or me not getting, um, you know, the push, the whole be the best version of you. And I got nobody ever had those damn conversations with me. You be the best version of yourself. Like, no, but I think, I think you did have people in your life who took you and your boo boo and told you it was cute and it smelled good. Well, so no, let me be very clear. Mm -hmm. I'm solely speaking about my parents. Mm -hmm. My, there's an army of people Mm -hmm. around me outside of the parental units Mm -hmm. that made me feel and reinforced and accepted and acknowledged and loved and liked and honored and respected and, cherished all of me including my Mm boo-boo and they still do and shout out to my village who has done that that the those who are here and those who are not here Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so maybe i didn't learn it from my parents but maybe i learned it somewhere else is what you're saying you learned it and your parents facilitated that learning by allowing you to be in the space with those with those people okay because Look how good parents... she's. Wait a minute. She listen. <laughs> she will turn it around now. You're right. You're right. Some parents refuse to allow their children to be around positive people. You're right. And I was around them. My God, I wouldn't you know, like my godmother. My mother was young when she had me. She was 15. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady that lived up the street from me. Her name was Sadie Bradley. She was a my angel. I'm going to actually start talking to her, I think. And people are like, what? She's dead. Yep. You should try talking to dead people. Sometimes you learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, She was my godmother. My mother was 15. I had like 5,000 godmothers, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine being a 15 year old girl and getting pregnant. Oh, you going, you can be my baby's godmama and you can be her godmother too. And you, and, but my godmother, Miss Sadie, she was much older. She was old enough to be my mother's mother. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was my babysitter. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I started going to uh, seeing her when or she started watching me when I was two. Mm -hmm. And like she just became like my bonus mama. 
And I mean, like, I went on family vacations with her to Mm -hmm. South Carolina. Um, Her sons were like my big brothers. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I could find them now. Wow. Yeah. Like, I really wish that I could. She passed away in 09, I think. And I was in California when she died. And no... And I think she died the day before I left. And my godbrother didn't tell me until a few days because he was scared to tell me. And so, like, I could have gone to the hospital to see her, but he Mm -hmm. didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot to me. But anyway, um, and I was distraught. Mm -hmm. But she was one of those people who, like... My doo-doo smelled like roses to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that God puts people in your life, like where there's a, a deficit, he will yes. give you increase in other areas or Absolutely. in other ways. Mm-hmm. Because she was, she thought that I was the cutest little fat brown <laughs> thing ever in life. She mm-hmm. put butter on me. Like, <laughs> that was weird. I talked about that in the episode, too. Like, she would, like, grease me up, almost like she was going to cook me. <laughs> but, like, she made sure I was shiny. You know, in a black community, you got to mm-hmm. be shiny. Mm-hmm. Like, being shiny is very important mm-hmm. to us. What mm-hmm. is that about? It's just caring for... Self-care. Skin. Yeah. yeah. Skin That's probably care. why our skin is much better than other people's because we grease it up. Yeah, we do. We yes. moisturize. We believe in <laughs> moisturization now. Mm-hmm. But she would put butter on me if she didn't have any more Vaseline or lotion. She would put butter on mm-hmm. my face. Mm-hmm. On my face. Okay? <laughs> um, because she, I was, you were not going to be dull in her presence or with mm-hmm. her when we go to church. You're going to be shiny like yes. a brand new car. Right? Yeah. And I, I thank God for people like her. My cousin Julia, my aunt Cheryl, my grandmother, my grandfather father mm-hmm. um my cousins even some of my younger cousins mm-hmm. they think my little brothers my little brothers shout out to my little brothers aj and isaiah they literally think that i am baby jesus <laughs> i'm not really sure why <laughs> i'm not really sure what that's about but they literally believe that my boo-boo don't stink my cousin daryl my cousin Lindsay, like so many of my family members, uh, my best friend, Crystal, my best friend from high school, Natalie, she believes that I'm one of the smartest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. She's like, why mm-hmm. don't you just go back to school? Because like you got all this smarts. And until this moment, I mean, like I appreciate these people in different moments. Mm-hmm. But like when you really sit in and I mean, everybody doesn't have this, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But for me, mm-hmm. I got it. Yes. I got a literally I have a whole I have an army mm-hmm. or a navy. I want to call it a navy. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they wear better outfits. I told you. <laughs> um, like I have a whole navy yeah. of like people who just exalt me mm-hmm. and make me feel good about myself. And for so long, I focused on the deficit or right. what I didn't get or what I didn't have. And it mm-hmm. kept me at a low place. It kept me low, mm-hmm. like real low. Mm-hmm. But when you stop and you think about like, you know. Like, I, I didn't have this, I didn't have this, or this, or this, or this, but I got this, 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 and the this just keeps on going. Yes. Like, it kind of makes you feel like a boss. You should feel like a boss. Like a peacock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It does. It's it's a good feeling. And I mean, I say that to say to people who are listening, who, because I'm like in some um, self-care groups on Facebook for Black women and um, sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm in them just to like get a, a pulse on like, like what people are thinking and like, because I like to study like human behavior and like, it's a lot of hurt ass people. 
Yes. Yeah. Like in her, like they, one of the groups I'm in, somebody posed a question about like, what's your relationship like with your mother? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I posted like a meme of somebody like looking around, like, who are you talking to me? <laughs> but like so, so many of the women were like, she ain't shit. And she never loved me. And she never. And I I just wanted to be like, do you have a therapist? Like you need to talk to somebody yeah. because that can eat you up. Really and can. then those women have kids and then they pass their heaping hot bag of shit onto their children. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so now the child has to carry your heaping hot bag and their own heaping hot bag. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that uh, you, we got to clear that up. It's very important because um, when you if you're not careful by accident, you become your ancient mother. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not real clear about whose bag of shit you're dealing with mm-hmm. and what you're doing with it, you inadvertently pass it on. And so you recreate an unhealthy dynamic between you and your child without knowing about it. Mm. So if you know what you're doing, you can be more intentional and you can you have a greater capacity when you're self-aware. Yes. And so that's like my Girl Scout badge mm-hmm. for myself. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm extremely self-aware. Mm-hmm. I want to know like to, and even before I really got heavy into therapy, like I would ask other people, well, what do you think about me? Such and such, such. And part of it might have been like a validation thing for mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. but also like I want to know how I'm viewed. Yes. Right. I think it's important to know how you're viewed. That doesn't define me, mm-hmm. but it's important to know what people see because what I'm giving mm-hmm. in my intention on what and how I'm giving it, it right. may not be received that way. Absolutely. Right. And if everybody, if five people out of six are receiving it one way and the other one person is receiving it the way that I intended, mm-hmm. then I need to do some readjusting. I agree with right. that. Yeah. Right. Okay. And kids can't necessarily tell you what they've gotten from you, but you'll see it. Mm. Um, and so that's, that can be troublesome when you see uh, girls who, who are very young and who have active mothers, but somehow have issues with women. Oh, yeah. um, sometimes that comes from the mom's, the mom's relationship with her mother, her own mother, how her dynamic around women and your child's fears being actually your fears without having your story. Mm. And that's what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. not really knowing what the, what the deal is with your parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even like with our fathers, like, you know, we see our parents and our grandparents in a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we don't really know what it's like to be a child of the grandparent. Right. We know what it's like to be a grandbaby right. to the grandparent. Right. We don't know what it's like to be their child, mm-hmm. to have their heaping hot bag put on you mm-hmm. and for you to go out into the world with their bag. Right. But as the, chi- as the child and the grandchild, we going to get all the bags, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that is something that I pay attention to when I think about um, my own parents and when I think about my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you think, you know, well, where did they learn this from? Because the grandparents are so great. But you don't know what it's like to be a child to that, to those grandparents. Right. And also, you just don't know. I think that a, a big thing for me is you don't know your parents' story. You don't. And when I started to think about my mother in that way, like... And I just started to think about like my friends mm-hmm. and like um, my friends who are mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know some of their stories because they're my girlfriends, right? They're my girls. They're my homegirls. Mm-hmm. And I know about my friends who have been sexually assaulted or who are survivors of domestic violence or who uh, may have been bullied by a family member. Mm-hmm. Like, I know their stories, so I understand how they parent, right? right? But I don't know my mama's story, so mm-hmm. I don't understand why she parents the way she does. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of do, thanks to a friend of mine, Um but that's a whole nother story. Um, so we don't really know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really know why my father navigates the way he does. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I don't know his story. I don't know. Um, and aside from just their experiences, we don't know about our parents' mental health. That's Come so on, true. Jesus. That's so true. <laughs> Come on in the room, Jesus. <laughs> like we don't know. Yeah. We have no idea. But we can tell. A yeah, little bit. well, then there's that. <laughs> because once you're aware of like different mental health conditions, <laughs> you can identify some things. Yes. You, know, you see the little symptoms. You're just like a little indicators. Oh, okay. That looks like this. Or some things are just not lining up. Yeah. Yeah. The check, the check marks <laughs> are, are lining up on the other side. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, but we have to be understanding of that. We do. And I think that. When we are able to see our parents as human and be more understanding of them, like I, I feel like just in this conversation, I feel a little more free. Mm-hmm. I do. That's good. Yes. That's what's up. Yeah. Not that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up, girl. That is. I mean, that's success when you feel more free. That's what I mean when I say that's what's yeah. up. Well, we. I think we know what you oh. mean by that's what's up. <laughs> No, so what I mean by that is that, you know, that is a good thing. It's a good thing that you feel that way. It's beneficial to your mental health, your state of mental health. That's what I mean by that's what's up. Thank you. That was good. That was good. We just had, I just had like a whole mental health session on this show. It's good. But mm-hmm. you guys can't have her though. Ha ha. Find your own therapist. Okay. And don't be calling her trying to get her on her books because I don't play that. <laughs> there's a perfect therapist for every person. Yes, there's a. And with I'm not the perfect therapist for everyone. I agree. Yeah. So I'm going to say that because <laughs> she and I do have a very raw, candid relationship. <laughs> and I can promise you that it would not work for some people. <laughs> and some people may listen to this and be like, I wouldn't go to this lady. Mm-hmm. That's fine. She can keep <laughs> getting my insurance money. <laughs> happily, happily. In one of our breaks, because I had to take a break, because I, I literally had like a breakthrough on this show, which is <laughs> quite interesting. Um, we talked a little bit about something that I used to struggle with a lot, even before I started seeing you, like mm-hmm. years back, like my first therapist or my second therapist. Like, And I think this is something that I have observed that most people do. Mm-hmm. Whatever the issue is they make it about themselves. Absolutely. It's it always comes back to them. And f- in the beginning I didn't understand how not to do that because I am the one who is this was my thought process. Mm-hmm. If I'm the one who is being affected by whatever it is that I take that I have a qualm, qualms with or that I take issue with, how do I not make it about me? Because it's happening to me. Mm-hmm. It's not happening to someone else. Mm-hmm. Explain that whole, breaking down that whole process. Why don't you start? Me? And, yeah. Well, you're the doctor. Yeah. Okay. So for me, the way that I look at it now is that things things happen to everybody, mm-hmm. right? But the key word is to, 
right? Things are happening. Um, th- things are just happening, yes. right? Not necessarily to me. Mm-hmm. They're just happening. Mm-hmm. I just happen to be there. Yes. And I'm the I'm a part of this play, right? If yes. you look at it like this. I'm a part of this Broadway musical. And today I am here and these things are happening, right? Yes. And even, I don't know how, I don't think I have the verbiage or the words to say what I'm trying to say, but mm-hmm. like they're happening and I'm a player in the, in the, or I'm an actor in the play or I'm a, I'm a part of the team, mm-hmm. but they are not happening to me because of me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They're happening to me because they might be happening to me because of someone else. Mm-hmm. Usually it's not about you. It's really about the other person. Oh, very much so. Right. And yeah. about their heap and hot bag. Yeah. Right. And they're carrying that. It's, think about it like I just thought about I hate like I think that dogs are cute. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. And I hate cats. Mm-hmm. But lately I've been paying attention to the fact that dogs are really dirty and disgusting. Mm-hmm. And that's no shade to anybody that has a dog. Mm-hmm. But like it's gross. Like they go outside. They walk in the grass with nothing on their feet. Mm-hmm. They're walking around. Other dogs are pooping and peeing around. Then they bring that in the house. Mm-hmm. They're walking around the house. When you walk them, if you are a good steward of pet ownership Mm -hmm. when they poop you pick it up you got that nasty ass bag you put it around your hand you pick it up that hot heaping (laughs) hunk of poop is in your hand you tie the bag and then you're walking around the doo-doo is swinging like a pendulum (laughs) in your in your hand in the thing right Mm -hmm. if you're a good pet owner Mm -hmm. right you don't have to do that with cats right and i hate cats i do not like them at all but like, I get cat people now. I mm-hmm. get it. Like, they're low maintenance. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't like them, though. They don't need training of any kind. They're also evil, though. I really believe that cats are humans that did not make it to heaven or something. Because they are very not nice. They're, a lot of times, they're really mean. But I, I digress. Right? <laughs> okay. So you're carrying this hot doo-doo bag around, right? Mm-hmm. And so is everybody else. Everybody's got their own doo-doo bag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't open your doo-doo bag and put your doo-doo on me. But sometimes that's what people do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And not because I am not worthy or I am not a good person or I'm not loving or I am not. It has nothing to do with I am not. Right. It has more to do with what they are or sometimes what they are not. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes. And so I think that when we take ourselves out of situations and looking at it like uh, like being a victim like i hate this mm-hmm. right and i hate that i did it right mm-hmm. um oh so and so did this to me why did they do this to me why were they mean to me and some people are malicious though yes. so how do we how does that work though cuz some people are mean but even when they're mean it's not but it, it's not me cuz i if i didn't do anything it's not me they're being mean it's the whole concept of hurt people hurt people yes they are treating they are hurting you because they are hurting yes so it has nothing to do with you and how you show up in the world it's more about how they are showing up in the world with their hot bag yes some things are about you but a lot like of what? things I mean, for example, if you do something mean, yeah, they do something mean back. That's about okay. you. Right, right, right. But a lot of the times when you find yourself confused about why this person is treating me this way, it's not it's not about you. Mm-mm. And um, the concept of displacement, it's like it's a mental health term that talks about what 
the what the dynamic is. So the okay. example is you go to work and you have a bad day, but mm-hmm. you can't fuss at your boss. Right. So you come home and you fuss at your kid. Mm-hmm. And then so your argument with your kid is not really about the kid. Mm-hmm. You're in a bad mood. Right. And the kid gets it. Right. Because of it. Then the kid cannot argue with you. So they go to school. So they go and kick the dog. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so the dog could be like, oh, Or no. the little brother. Or the, or the little, little brother. sister. Yeah. And so it's kind of like passing down the pain, not intentionally, mm. but that's that's kind of the dynamic that happens where the dog got kicked, not because the dog did something wrong, mm-hmm. but because a child had uh, had feelings that didn't have a safe place to go. Right. And so they gave it to the dog. Yeah. Same thing with the person who has a bad day at work. Yeah. They can't give the their boss the finger. Right. And so they bring the anger home. To the kid. To the kid. Okay. Right. Um, and that, that's called displacement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to a lot of us. A lot of the time, we've been displaced onto mm. because of something that happened somewhere else that had nothing, that to, had do nothing to do with us. This is that's part of the reason why, um, as I got older, I said I didn't want to spank my kids mm-hmm. because I think, and you know, this is a hot topic in the black community. Yes, because black parents are like whoop that ass right <laughs> yes and i have gotten into like debates with like friends of mine who are like no but the truth of the matter is when you are whooping a kid or spanking them what is your motivation it's that's a good question to ask yourself before like what, you do before it. i do it like what am i really what and what is my end game like what is the goal in, in spanking this child. Yeah. What do I want to get out of it? Because the truth of the matter, I don't even have kids, but the truth of the matter is, and I think I hit my little brother one time. Mm-hmm. I felt so damn bad after I did it. I went and I gave him all of the snacks. Aww. That's probably why we fat, because people just give us <laughs> snacks. I went and gave him all the treats that I could because I felt really bad. And I didn't hit him with a belt or anything. I think I popped him with my hand mm-hmm. and he cried and I just felt so bad bad Mm -hmm. you know because Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is like what am i trying to achieve with this pop Mm -hmm. you know i think some people want to see their kids cry and whoa and you know because for some people it makes it confirms that the child learned a lesson and it confirms that they are in control and that they have control over the child yeah yeah. And I, I went through my own phase where I never had to hit my kids, mm-hmm. but I certainly wanted to see them suffer a little bit, feel uncomfortable okay. about the decisions that they made. Okay. And what I did was I explored ways that didn't require violence. Yeah. Because how can I talk to my kids about not being violent and then and use it, violence to teach them something? Yeah, that doesn't that didn't make, make sense. sense. To me. Another thing with spanking kids, I was very much this kind of child. You can whoop me until I bleed and I'm still going to do what I want to do. I I think that's just a part of my spirit. Mm -hmm. Like I want to do what I want to do. Now Mm -hmm. I may stop and think about it the next time and try to find another route to go to get what I want or to get the, 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 the uh, outcome that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I may be sneaky this time, or I may try to lie or Mm -hmm. I may, you know, but I, I'm very much the kind of person that I do what I want mm-hmm. when I want. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. 
Thanks to the tutelage of Dr. Jemisei. <laughs> and actually, you know who else is like that? My best friend is like that. Mm-hmm. She is. And it's funny. You guys are the same exact sign. <laughs> you guys are three days apart, actually. Wow. Um, You both are advocates of do what you want to do and don't do what you don't want to do. Exactly. And I am just getting to a space um, where I am okay with that because mm-hmm. Because I was a child that got her ass whooped, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm programmed to think that it's not okay. Right. But I think in my spirit, mm-hmm. I am very much a believer of doing what I want to do. And I'm I'm glad that you were able to hold on to that in spite of the fact that you someone tried to beat it out of you. Yeah. I think kids, when, when they want things that they don't innately want something bad, mm-hmm. they want attention. Yeah. And so... Or sometimes an experience. An experience. Yeah. And so you can teach a child how to safely get what they want. Yeah. As opposed to beating them for wanting something. Yeah. Like beating them for wanting attention or beating them for wanting an experience or mm-hmm. beating them for wanting candy. You can teach them there are appropriate times and ways to get what you want that are safe. Right. And and that's a, that's a much better lesson than... No, 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 you can't have this. And the more you want it, the more I'm going to hit you right. for wanting it. Because I think that is the thing that um, people don't realize that uh, spanking or what is it called? Capital punishment? Mm. Corporal. Corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's the white people whooping ass. Mm-hmm. I think they don't pay attention to how unsafe it makes a child feel. Mm. It makes as as a it makes you feel unsafe. It makes you feel unprotected. Um, it uh, causes fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some parents, especially or, you know, in our community, like I want my child to be scared of me. They need to be scared of me. Mm-hmm. You don't as as from personal experience, you don't want your child to be afraid of you because scared people are scary. Mm-hmm. And the things that scared people think about mm-hmm. are scary. You don't want your child to be afraid of you. Also, why would you want your child to be to fear you? Not that they're on your level because they're not like you are the parent or the grandparent or the aunt or the uncle or the grandmother or whoever, the big sister. But like even with my little brothers, I don't want them to be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. I want them to respect me. Mm-hmm. And I say that, and you know, I talk about my little brothers. Um, I have a lot of siblings, but my little brothers lived in the house with me. Mm-hmm. And like I, they were with me every day, mm-hmm. right? They were yeah. like my little kids, right? Yeah. Especially the little one, because I was around since he was born. Mm-hmm. But I want them to respect me. I want them to honor me as their big sister. And we are 12 and 16 years apart. So it's not like we five years apart. Mm -hmm. I want them to honor and respect me as their big sister. But I don't want them to be afraid of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they do. They do need to know that if they get out of line, I'm going to bang them in their mouth. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) No, I'm not joking. AJ, you know (laughs) that I will knock you out. But no, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you should be like, I don't want to be afraid of anybody. I think that parenting children who are not afraid of anything is very hard to do. And it's the harder parenting path to take because you can beat your child and get immediate results. Mm-hmm. Or you can negotiate and lecture and compromise and educate repeatedly and get the same result. But mm-hmm. it takes more, it takes it's more, more work. 
And I think in the long run, it's better because you, be- you have a better relationship with your child. Not only does your child have a better relationship with you, but your child is prepared to f- function as an adult in society. Not where they're saying, oh, no, my mama would never let me. But also it, when you said that, that makes sense because also it lets your child know that there are more than nine ways to skin a cat yeah, or one, whatever it says. I don't know. Nine lies. Are, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So. It teaches your child that you can go out in the world and get the things that you want without violence. Right. Because realistically, especially if you look like we look, yeah. if you go out in the world and you are violent, that ass is going to get you. You're going to catch it back, especially yeah, you if you're dealing with people that. Well, not even if whoever you're dealing with starting with school. Right. You're going to catch it back. But yeah. in addition to that, you might end up in jail. Mm-hmm. And we got enough targets on our back yeah. and knees on our neck where yes. we don't even need to be like that shouldn't be how we navigate through life that shouldn't be our only option we no. need to know peaceful ways to be ourselves and to move about with with an understanding of how to achieve our goals right openly and authentically without feeling afraid to do it or feeling like there's an authority figure that needs to be in charge of our making good decisions or bad decisions. And that's what it's about. It's mm-hmm. really about like that control mm-hmm. and that, uh, that authoritative mindset that there, I don't have kids, like I said, but there has to be a way to parent without being an authoritarian. Like there has to be a healthy way to teach your children how to function and be functioning citizens of the world. Be kind, be loving, be Mm -hmm. strong, Mm -hmm. um, not be weak, whatever that means. But, you know, um, be honest, be brave, be courageous without teaching them by way of violence. I just don't see where um, violence gives you immediate results. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, does it really help your child? And of course, you're going to have a whole slew of black folks saying, well, I got I got my ass but but I turned out fine. Whenever people say that, I look at them and in my mind, I'm saying, but did you <laughs> like, did you really? Because you got a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you don't speak about or that you don't because I used to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who clearly <laughs> has my own hot heaping swinging pendulum bag of poop, you know, like I got stuff. You know, and getting beat didn't help. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It did not make me a better person. No. At all. Well, I mean, some parents will argue getting beat saved their lives, saved their child's life. But I I guess my argument is that there are other ways. To save a life. There are better ways. There are more safe ways. There are safer ways. There are ways that work for on on the long haul, not just when you're present. Yeah. But ways of discipline that work when you're absent. In terms of like parenting a child's heart kind of thing, you know, that's not, you can't do that through hitting. No, actually you break a child's heart by hitting. It does. Yeah. It breaks, it breaks, it it can break a child. And it can, it breaks, it breaks that basic trust between. Oh yeah. Child, please. The child and the mom or child and dad or whoever the disciplinarian is. Yeah where they are in a space where they need to hide certain things from you as opposed to coming to you for guidance or protection. They need to protect themselves by holding on to certain truths that they shouldn't hold on to. And then you're in, and and then it also 
makes the it, it can I can't speak for everybody. It makes it can make a child feel like they're constantly in survivor mode. When I'm a kid, like I shouldn't be in survivor mode as a kid. Mm. Like I shouldn't be there. Another thing is it doesn't work for some kids. So right. explain that to me, right? I mean, so every everything's not going to work for every kid, mm-hmm. right? But the reason that when I, if I was disciplined by way of a spanking or a whooping or whatever, I ain't getting no spankings. I, that wasn't the spanking that I got. But whatever it is that I got, if you got a beating, that's what I grew up calling it, a beating, mm. right? If you got a beating, the reason that you may not do whatever the thing is the next time is just because... Like, I don't want to be hit anymore. Right. I didn't learn the lesson of why it's bad. I just know that if I do it, I'm going to get hit. I don't feel like getting hit this week. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But for some kids, they don't care about the beating. No, they don't. No, because after a certain period of time, you kind of get numb to it. Right. I mean, that's not the only reason. Some people, some kids, because they don't know anything differently, they can only be who they are. Yeah. And sometimes kids are getting beatings just for being who they are mm. for being curious mm. or for being um, okay. creative Ooh. or for being playful. Now I did get a beating for a uh, paint. Actually I'm lying when I did not get a beating when I was a little girl, I should have known that I was going to be a creative. I used to draw on the walls with pencil. At least I used pencil though. Mm-hmm. I used pencil. I would draw on the walls and write on the walls, but then my sassy ass elevated up to nail polish <laughs> and I used to paint on the walls and nail polish. Mm. And you know that my mother, my biological mother did not beat me. Oh, good. Yeah. God mm. bless her heart. Mm-hmm. Thanks mom. <laughs> One of my proudest moments when was when I let my kids, they decorated their dresser drawers by oh. drawing pictures on it with Sharpie. Ooh, Sharpie, not even a washable mark. No, they actually drew all kinds of things, little quotes and statements and, it ended up being very beautiful. Okay. They were young and it was messy a little bit, but they would draw things like rainbows and they would say, stay positive. They will also draw like butt cheeks farting, <laughs> <laughs> which is horrible, but yeah. it was actually something really beautiful to look at them, them being creative with their own thing and not yeah. being judged for it. But also it, when you were talking, it made me think, like it, there's a there's a sense of freedom in that. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking about freedom because mm-hmm. freedom is important to me. Mm-hmm. But and what is freedom for everybody? It looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But there's freedom in like being able to just be you. And when you said that some kids are just getting beatings or spankings or whoopings or whatever for just being themselves, mm-hmm. woo, that's a nerve you struck. Yeah, yeah, because kids, some kids are just different. Yeah. And a little weird because I was probably a little weird. Yeah. A little different. But also what I thought about, this is what I I had a brain fart. And then I just remembered when you talked about how when you spank a kid, it makes them um, want to like hide things from you. Mm -hmm. That creates um, uh, like an energy of like lying. Mm -hmm. Right. Because. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to tell you the truth because if I tell you the truth, you're going to whoop my ass. Right. If I lie, you're going to whoop my ass. But it's a small percentage of a chance that I might get away with this. Yes. I'm going to go with the lie, sis. The lie for 500, please, Alex. Absolutely. When if you would have not cultivated that energy from the jump and you would have cultivated an energy between um, you and your child where I the child can come to you and mm-hmm. be honest, like, look, ma, look, dad, I I did this. 
Like, all right, I, I drank some of your uh, Patron. I did. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, you had no business doing that. You are punished. Like, punishments make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I will say that in high school, my parents did this thing where I had to wear punishment clothes. Mm-hmm. And while part of me thought it was barbaric and evil, as an adult, it's genius. <laughs> it's genius. And mm-hmm. I tell parents of students at my school mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the kids at my school, wear uniforms but mm-hmm. like why do they have fresh jordans when they have f's mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. you get her hair she gets her hair done more than i get my hair cut and done mm-hmm. okay and i am a working woman and i get my hair done every two weeks but she gets her hair done every week mm-hmm. and she was caught in stairwell kissing a boy and came home late mm-hmm. no you gotta find the thing that that makes their heart beat and then you take it away yeah I if you that. disagree Right. Yes. And you don't have to hurt them or or break them because they'll be mad. Teenagers are dramatic anyway. They're going to be broken if you look at them for five minutes. Mm-hmm. But it, I just think that violence is just not wise. There are too many other ways yeah. to achieve better goals, yep. better outcomes. And long, you, you make a good point when you talk about long term, because mm-hmm. the, the beating or the, the whooping or the spanking, it gives you immediate um, satisfaction or gratification. Mm-hmm. But when we talk long term, mm-hmm. and so I always said that if I had a kid, when the child was maybe like two to three, like I might pop their hand. Like mm-hmm. if they're reaching for the stove, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But not like a pop, 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 but mm-hmm. just like a tap, like no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not whooping no kid when they five. Mm-hmm. But that's that could be why I don't have no kids because I don't know <laughs> if I have the restraint to not whip my kids because all I know is beat your kids. Yeah, yeah, it like that. That's in my hot bag. Yeah, whooping kids' ass is in my hot bag. I'm gonna tell you, I had no idea that you could raise a child without beating them for real. I had to go to college to find that out to figure that out. Well, <laughs> yeah. some people and went to college struggled. and they still don't know. I still struggle. I mean, I still struggled. Yeah, because even though I saw all the research mm-hmm. on it. It was still hard to believe. It's so, in your bag. It's in your duty bag. Getting that buy-in from me, it took some time and some practice, but I had to try anyway because it was worth trying. And it was so much easier. I mean, it's so much easier to not take them to get their hair cut. Yes. As and you save to money. beating them and following them around and calling them names and all that weird stuff. Like, yeah. I can be a graceful and loving parent and still punish you. Yeah. Without hurting you. Yeah. It's physically nice, physically yeah or i mean i don't have to hurt you at all i mean you might feel hurt because you can't get your hair done or, yeah. you don't get your way it, you're you're safe and our relationship is still one where you trust that you are you're safe around me right you know well i want to personally thank <laughs> my uh therapist angel dr demisay this is as close as you guys will get to her <laughs> I will probably have her on the show. Would you come back? I would love to come back. She will be back in <laughs> season two. Um, also, you guys should know that this is uh, the last show before the season one finale, the inaugural season finale. Yes, inaugural. That makes me feel like important when I say that this is my inaugural season of my mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this The season finale will be on... Um, November 15th. I'm very excited for that. That's going to be pretty dope. I have something really cool in the works. Uh, but I really want to thank her for um, 
stopping, not stopping by. I stopped by. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had my therapy session today and then we recorded. <laughs> I had two, actually, because I definitely had a breakthrough on this show. <laughs> um, but this is why I talk about therapy and why it's so important to me, because I have absolutely change like the way that I process information just by having somebody to work through those things with. But that just goes to show that, but if I, if you don't do the work, it's not going to happen. Cause some people think that therapy is just coming and just talking to you and you just talking. Right. No, your therapist needs to push back sometimes on your thinking. And that doesn't mean that they berate you or, you know, make you or judge you or make you feel stupid or make mm-hmm. you feel bad for feeling those things. But they also open your eyes to other ways of processing those things. Mm-hmm. So yes, Maybe sometimes life wasn't always that great, but it was not that life wasn't great because I was a bad person Mm -hmm. or because I was this or because I was that. Sometimes like shit happens. Mm -hmm. I've said shit a lot today. We started out with pussy and then we ended (laughs) up with shit. It's not good. That is not good. But um, like, I think that if I just wish that there was a federal mandate for all humans to get therapy. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that the world would be a better place. I do. Everyone needs someone. Yeah, everybody and everybody needs a champion. Yeah. And I feel like you are my champion. Yes. And I think that is why I love her so much because I feel but don't ever get it twisted. <laughs> she holds me accountable. And sometimes I don't like her when she does. <laughs> But after I get out of my feelings, I appreciate it because the goal is for me to be the best Mimi that I can be. So she holds me accountable and people need those kind of people in your life. But it's also very good to have a trained clinician in your life. Mm. Okay. Who has a degree, who understands all of the things, you know, because you can have a girlfriend like me because I'm a good, I'm a good homegirl therapist. I am, but I don't really know about diagnosis, although I do be diagnosing people all the time. <laughs> oh no, that's histrionic behaviors. I'm not even going to get into who I know that has them. I'm just glad that I was able to sit down and talk to her. And I'm glad that I was able to share her with you guys, because this is the only way that you will have access to her <laughs> through Hand Me My Purse, because I will not allow you to um, get on her uh, roster of amazing not patience i do want to ask you one question or i want you to tell me one thing about or tell me about a memory about one of your aunts Uh, my aunt i thought i mean i knew she was kind of very sassy lady okay but um probably when i was in my early teens she showed me her cupcake photos what stop please yeah first of all what's her name her name's aunt darlene aunt darlene and what is a cupcake photo it's a photo it's a it's a sexy photo of her like a boudoir photo yeah not nude but okay sexy okay like sexy maybe in photo. lingerie yes okay and i was like oh my gosh how old were you i was in my early teens okay yeah maybe 13 14 15 okay. and i didn't know like adults did that i was yeah. bad doing it to myself like uh-huh. posing in my room but right. my aunt actually she kind of let me see her mm-hmm. uh her sexy photos of herself and i was like oh my gosh aunt darlene is so naughty and yeah. so sexy mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is that was her pussy power yeah it yeah. was that's the buzzword pussy power mm-hmm. yes so the aunt darlene did you learn anything from that did I just that, learned. Did that let you know that it's okay to be? I learned free like that. Yes, that that it's okay to be sexy and to know that and to kind of value that part of yourself. Okay, um, and to not be ashamed of it. Okay, mm-hmm. 
Do you think some people are walking around with fake sexy? I do. I think that looking sexy and feeling and being sexy are not the same thing. Mm. And so especially the way social media is right now, the appearance of sexy matters more than the feeling and the knowledge and the awareness of being sexy. Um, And so I think that's kind of one of the negative sides to the whole Instagram, Snapchat thing Mm -hmm. where we are kind of trading real experiences with images. Right. You know. Okay. What can you leave the people with? What is feeling sexy like? Like, what is that? What does that look like? What does that mean? I think um, I would probably define sexiness as like real self awareness and self appreciation mm-hmm. and self acceptance. Self acceptance, but more than acceptance, like appreciating. Okay. Like not just I accept myself, but ooh, I love, I, I love, love myself. Me. I love all of this right here. Yeah. And then just. And just walking with it, yeah. Walking with that, I know what I am, and right. I accept it, and I love it. And I do it for me, and not for other people. Exactly. Okay. This is it. my loving myself, not yeah. you loving me or you approving of me. Okay. This is me. This is me, mm-hmm. and that is it. So, friends and kin, today's straight facts comes from Dion of Columbus, Ohio. And Dion says, first of all, Dion, thank you for your question. But Dion says, I have to wear so many hats in my daily life, like being a dad, a husband, making sure I'm effective and efficient at work, not to mention making sure I find time for myself. It seems like a complicated juggling act to make sure all of those things get the attention that is needed. How do I find time or give time to everything and avoid neglecting one or more of them? Well, Dion, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that I might not be the best person to answer this question, mainly because me and time management are not best friends. I am really good at creating organizational structure And, you know, creating systems, but when it comes to implementing them consistently, this is not the best at that. But since I am good at creating systems, let's see. Is there a way you said that you're a husband, right? Work, it's not, you know, work is just all about going in. It depends on what kind of work you do. It's about going in, doing your job, getting off and leaving, right? Assuming that you have the kind of job where you can leave when it's time to leave because sometimes that's not possible. But it's really just about um, doing your job, right? When it comes to being a dad, I don't have kids, but, you know, I'm an oldest sibling and I've said that many times before. And, you know, I coach. I work with kids. With kids, it's also kind of hard because they don't really care about what else you have going on. They want what they want and they need what they need when they need it. And for the most part, you kind of got to show up for them. When it comes to being a husband, I would think that maybe you could just talk to your wife about how, you know, it can be overwhelming sometimes. And like, how can you guys work together? Because isn't that what marriage is all about? Like, what is the point of being married if I can't come to you and have a conversation with you about an area where I'm struggling, but I want to make sure that I'm successful or that I'm doing a good job? And women like that, I want you to come to me and talk to me about how we can work together and be helpmates for one another 
for success so that we can be successful, successful parents, successful people in a marriage or in a relationship. And please be successful at work because, uh, homie, these bills got to get paid. These kids got to eat. Right. So I would just say maybe start with talking to your wife about like how things can be a little more balanced. One thing I am definitely going to say, though, is always make sure that you find time for yourself, even if it means that you take an hour out of the day once your kids are asleep to go for a walk or just to sit in silence or go in your backyard or sit in your car. Like sometimes I just go sit in my car in the quiet and just be still. So, you know, you just got to make sure you find that time for your own peace. Cause if not, all the other London bridges will come tumbling down. For We Got to Do Better today, I pulled a quote from the book, The Four Agreements. And The Four Agreements, so many people have read it. I always start it and not finish it. One day I'm going to finish it, just not today. But The Four Agreements is a practical guide to personal freedom. It is a Toltec wisdom book by Don Miguel Ruiz. And it says, all of humanity is searching for truth, justice, and beauty. We are on an eternal search for the truth because we only believe in the lies we have stored in our mind. We are searching for justice because in the belief system we have, there is no justice. We search for beauty because it doesn't matter how beautiful a person is. We don't believe that person has beauty. We keep searching and searching when everything is already within us. There is no truth to find. Wherever we turn our heads, all we see is the truth. But with the agreements and beliefs we have stored in our mind, we have no eyes for this truth. <laughs> Friends and kin, the first thing I want to do is thank God because that is what I do here. Hand me my purse because God is also oh worthy and I am so blessed. I want to thank my family, my friends, my supporters, and of course, all of you out there listening because without you guys, I wouldn't have any listeners. <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much. And I can't wait until the next time we get to do this again. Now, hold up for a second before you exit out of whatever streaming service you are using to listen to this. I want you to stop. Go click subscribe or follow if it's possible. And then I want you to get on over to Instagram and follow me at hand me my purse underscore podcast and on Twitter at HMMP underscore podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other medium that allows you to do so, please take two minutes to rate and review the show. I love you for it. Show notes are available at handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com. And also the opening and closing music is provided by Gloomy Tunes. I would appreciate it if you would submit your questions for the straight facts segment and photos, stories, and quotes from your aunties to hello at handmemypurse.com or send me a DM on Instagram. You can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, Early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered on those days. Again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. These are for my international friends and kin and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. 
or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out this bitch. Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.